We're going to be looking at uh, the Gospel of John. Actually, it's the text that is often read on the day of resurrection and Easter day. Um, But we're still in the Easter season. Can you feel it? Can you? (laughs) Some of us are not not convinced. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, what, seven weeks or something like that? And we're in the fourth week. Um, And so God is still Eastering among us. And that's what we're going to explore. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. The word of the Lord. It's good to be here. I, uh, I know your pastor well. I've had over 300 conversations with her, and the reason I know that number is 300. That's all. I, I should be a member here, shouldn't I? That close. Look at that. Um, 300 conversations. Yeah, we've been together for six years, and every week uh, for six years we have met, and we've hardly missed a week. Um, and every week uh, for six weeks, there's a handful of pastors in this city that gather, and Sarah is among them. Um, and we look at the scripture that uh, we're going to be preaching on um, that coming Sunday. And we've had a lot of great, great conversations. Um, Sarah has taught me as much as anyone that I know, um, and I really mean that, as much as anyone I know, um, about how to read scripture. And I am deeply indebted to you and this congregation, and I want to say thank you. Um, So we're Eastering, right? God is Eastering among us. We're in that fourth week of Easter's, like I said. Um, It's a weird verb, isn't it, right? It's bad grammar, but it's really good theology. And sometimes to do good theology, you have to have bad grammar. Now, I was an English major, so I know something about grammar, um, but I use it badly a lot. Um, And that's because the nature of life sometimes demands that, right? Gerard Manley Hopkins wrote a poem called The Wreck of Deutschland, and he used bad grammar, but it stuck uh, with me. Maybe you remember the poem. It's a long poem um, written in honor of, I think there was five nuns um, who died on their way to Germany off the coast of England. Um, And he wrote a poem in their honor, and it was a horrible tragedy. But at one uh, point, he says this line, and I love this line. He says, speaking of God now, let him Easter in us. Let God Easter in us. Be a day spring to the dimness of us and be a crimson cresseted east. Is it possible? Is it true? (laughs) Is God still Eastering among us? 
The text today says Jesus came inside the room. They were, they were uh, uh, afraid. They, the room was locked, and he, and he came and he stood among them, right? Does that language sound familiar to you? He came and stood among them. And the word became flesh. Can you see what's happening? There's a connection there, isn't there? John is making a connection at the end of the gospel, at the resurrection, back to the very beginning. He came and stood among them. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What John is saying, he's connecting Easter, the resurrection, with the incarnation. The word is, be, is being made flesh. And it's always being made flesh. Easter is not an event that happened 2,000 years ago that we celebrate like it's a birthday trapped in time. It would be a great birthday to celebrate. It's an awesome birthday to celebrate. But if it's an event that happened 2,000 years ago and it's trapped in time, what possible relevance does that have to us today? If God only Eastered 2,000 years ago, what does that say for us today? And John is drawing our attention back to the beginning. God not only Eastered today, but the word is always becoming flesh and dwelling among us. The incarnation isn't an event either. It's not only an event. It's the reality, the very pattern of how God comes among us. The word is always becoming flesh. Always. Now, this gets some people into theological hot water when you talk this way. But is it possible that the word has always, always been becoming flesh? The sisters and the mothers, excuse me, and fathers of the church would often talk about the first Bible being what? Not the written document, but creation itself. Is that possible that from the beginning there is something in the nature of God that God says, I must become flesh? That's my nature. From the very beginning, all of creation maybe, quite possibly, is a testimony to that impulse. Another way to describe the incarnation is not only word made flesh, but, and I prefer this, love with skin. There is something about the nature of love that wants to be embodied. It's not enough to be in love, is it? If you can't embody it, there is something in the nature of love that wants to be enfleshed. And that is what God has been doing. And Easter is the promise that that will always happen. Not even, and this is tough, not even death itself will prevent word from becoming flesh. That's God's Eastering within us. I get the opportunity to serve um, a network in different cities around the world, and, uh, and one of the places that we got to be in is in uh, Guatemala City. And we started a gang chaplaincy program um, and there, uh, in Guatemala City, uh, they separate the gangs uh, um, 
you, the, 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 the prisons are separated. And there's like by different gangs. So there's the 18th Street Gang and it's in one prison and the um, MS-13 is in another, right? And you, you see the obvious reasons for that. It's not, it's not, generally speaking, it's not a good idea to just have the 18th Street Gang and the, and the MS-13 in the same prison. That doesn't go well, right? Um, and so they separate them. And we were in one of the prisons called the 18th Street uh, Gang Prison, which, by the way, does anybody know where that came from? 18th Street. It's named after a street in L.A. How does the largest gang in Central America get named after a street in L.A.? That's a longer story, but it's one of the things that we lovingly exported from North America down to Central America. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So we were inside the 18th Street uh, prison. And I'm not a tough guy, uh, but I serve some people who are in some really tough situations that are very comfortable inside those conditions. And I, uh, they said, Chris, let's go inside the prison. I said, sure. And right before we went in, one of the guides leaned over and said, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, the last person that went in did not come out. And I'm like, you're, you're telling me this now, right before we're going in? And he said, yeah, don't worry about it. Our guys are great. This is going to be awesome. You're going to love it. So now, like, I'm already anxious, right? The last one in, and that was two weeks prior, literally did not come out. And what happens is when the, when the guards take you in, they just, they just go see you. They, just, they, they take you uh, into the prison, and then they leave you. There's no guards inside the prison, okay? This is not like, uh, this, is not, this is not your North American prison here. Uh, this is a very different experience. And so you literally go in there, and, and all you got is the trusted relationships um, uh, that are there on the ground. So we go in. And, uh, and there, was, uh, um, <laughs> there was clouds of smoke, and, th- and there was no fire. Um, it, was, it, was, uh, it was marijuana smoke. It was, there was a lot of it. There was a ton of it. Now, you have to imagine that... I'm hyperventilating, right? Because I'm already nervous. You can see where this is going. (laughs) And, you know, so when in Rome, at some point I had to breathe. And I did. And I breathed deeply. And it is true, I did relax a bit. Um, (laughs) Well, what would you do? Like, I don't know, what are you going to do? So I relaxed, and, and uh, it was awesome. I mean, the people, I mean, I mean. <laughs> it was awesome. But so were the people. The people were awesome. <laughs> oh, goodness me. How did we get there? <laughs> Uh, and it was, it, yeah, the first guy ne- uh, met, his name was Muerto. Now, I, I, I flunked uh, Spanish. Actually, I cheated through most of Spanish. I'm not proud of that. Um, but I do know what that means. Do you? Muerto? Death, right? And he was the tattoo artist. And uh, he says, you want a tattoo? And I, I uh, Muerto, <laughs> I, I don't. But if I ever do, you are the guy. You, I, I promise me. Um, 
So I go in there, and, and uh, at one point, um, yeah, at one point, Joel, my friend, says, uh, hey, why don't you just say something? I go, what am I going to say? And by this time, all these kids were gathered around me. And you have to imagine, their faces were tattooed up, and, and um, every single one of them had done horrible things. Um, most of them were probably in there for murder. Um, and every single one of them has had horrible things done to them. Every single one of them. And so I said, listen, you know, um, I don't have much to say. I said, you know, the name of God in the Old Testament is Yahweh. It was a name that was not even really meant to be uttered, mentioned. But it was a name that mirrors the way you breathe. They wanted a name that the lips couldn't kind of control and the tongue couldn't clasp over. They wanted a name that represented something that is utterly free and unnameable and uncontrollable. And I said, what's the first thing that you did when you came into this world? Anybody tell you to do it? No. You might have had a little help, but you did it. You breathed. You said the very name of God and you didn't even think about it. And what's the last thing you'll do on the day you die? And what are you doing right now? Anybody tell you to do it? Anybody forcing you to do it? Anybody demanding this of you? We're just breathing, right? And we just breathe. And it was a holy moment. I didn't expect it. God showed up and Eastered among us. There's no Christian way to breathe. There's no Buddhist way to breathe. There's no gay or straight, male or female. Just breathe. And something happened. And I don't know how to explain it. I can just tell you what I think happened. But I began to see them differently. You could argue that there was another spirit in the room there, but they, I, be, I, I, I did see them differently. And they, these angry, hurt, resentful faces that had, had horrible and, and unimaginable things done to them began to soften, and I began to see them as kids. And not just somebody else's kids, but as my kids. And the distance between us started to diminish, and the line between us was erased, and it was not us and them, me and those guys, right? It was just us, it was just we. We were just human, together, in the room, breathing. And for a moment, I saw them as I think they really are. As we mentioned earlier, a child who's beloved, who bears the very image of God. 
And that has marked me. That Eastering moment marked me and still does. And I'm very grateful for it. And then you get a week like what we had this week. At least mine. I don't know what your week was like. But I did not sense God Eastering in me or anybody else, quite frankly. Right? We live in a crazy world with some crazy mixed up stuff. And sometimes it's really hard to see or imagine God Eastering anywhere. Maybe this really is just an event that happened 2000. But awesome. Let's celebrate a birthday. That's awesome. Why not? <laughs> but if that's really all there is, if God is not Eastering among us now, if Easter isn't happening today, right now, in this room, at Bethany Presbyterian Church, today, right now, then what is the point? But God is Eastering. Can you sense it? God is Eastering in the only moment that we're given. God is Eastering in the only moment that we are given. And the only moment that we are given is what? This moment. Now. And if it's not happening now, it's not Easter. I have a boat. I like to go fishing. And I name my boat now, period, here, H-E-R-E, period, this, period, now, here, this. I've only had one person ever comment on it, by the way. And this gentleman came to me and he goes, I really like the name of your boat. And I said, thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Now, period, here, H-E-R-E, period, this, period. It's, it's, has anybody seen the play? It's a Broadway play. It was, it was off Broadway several years ago. And it's what you would imagine it's about. Life is happening now, not then. Life is happening here, not there. Life is happening in this moment, not that. Now, here, this. Is God Eastering among us or not? And here's the really good news to me. It really doesn't matter if you know that God is Eastering. <laughs> That doesn't prevent God from Eastering. Whether you know it or not, God still Easters among us. And thank God for that. Thank God it's not up, for, up to me to know when and how and where it's happening. But the promise of the gospel suggests that God is with us always. Now, there's never a time when God is not with us. And some of us need that message Desperately. Ellie, you heard that message somewhere at a really important time in your life, and thank God that you did. And we're all in the same boat that way, aren't we? Yeah. And so God comes to us, and God breathes on us. It's a beautiful image. I imagine it's this. It's God breathing on us, sending us with a kiss, like a mother would send her child to school with a kiss, with the hope 
that their child will do something that they've never thought or even imagined they could ever do. That's the God Eastering moment. Huh? Breathing on us. To undergo Easter is to be is to be breathed on. And to be breathed on is to be kissed by God. To be kissed by God is to undergo forgiveness. To undergo forgiveness is to become human. To become human is to be sent with a kiss. To do things we never thought possible. To call forth life from death, word made flesh, love with skin. That, in a nutshell, is the gospel. And I hope it's good news. Finally, and I'm told this by a good source, although um, I can't prove it. um, And if you disprove it, I'll still believe what I believe. It's how I am. (laughs) It just makes really good sense what I'm about to say. So don't mess up what I'm about to say with your facts. I'm told that Easter actually is a nautical term. And it means to set sail for the light. Isn't that a beautiful image? Easter, to Easter is to set sail for the light towards the east. If you sense God's Spirit working among us, then set sail for the light. And here's the thing. I would invite you to trust your deepest intuitions around this. Get out of your head for a minute. There's a lot of arguments that are very compelling (laughs) that would say God is no longer Eastering. But if your deepest intuition confirms this, trust it. Trust it. Trust that it's true. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Happy Mother's Day.